When I was in daycare, there was a lot of weird things that would go on. I may have talked about this in later episodes, but today I'm going to be telling the entirety of stories I could remember. I always used to look through old photo books when I was in fourth grade, and I would always see little pictures of me and my entire class in daycare. This daycare was great, but it needed a bit of improvements. On my first day at daycare, my parents took pictures of me at the front. I was absolutely too scared to even walk in without my parents. I had been here since I was a baby, but I took a break during the summer. Now I'd be in an upper class. We got a tour around our new classroom. It was huge. There was tiny tables and cubbies and a red chair. The red chair was the timeout chair. There was already a kid sitting in it. We were supposed to tell our names. A lot of my new friends had a lot of trouble pronouncing them. There was this one girl who would always suck her thumb and on her left hand carry around a teddy bear with one eye missing. It wasn't creepy to me because I had seen this before, but still. On that picture, I could see that I was wearing a blue polo dress and wearing black pants that were fuzzy. My parents told me that they were silk. I was wearing little tennis shoes. They were so tiny. They showed us outside, which I hadn't remembered. It was huge. But for me, yeah. There wasn't any play equipment anywhere. It was just a field. There was a few trees. And they did add play equipment, but still. There was these tiny bits of play equipment. Like small dollhouses to be playing outside with. I usually only sat alone at a tree. It had an opening like the silkworm hole. There were these sticks and I pretended they were family. No kid ever wanted to play with me because, well, I remember my parents had the schedule of what they would do in the school. The first thing we would do was take a tour, which we already had finished. And then we had to tell everyone about our history, as they could remember. A lot of kids were scared and refused. One of them even cried, as my parents said. There was this one rich girl saying that she should have been in a private daycare. Fancy and fancy and fancy. She explained her mansions, the mansion she lived in, and her pony, and that she had a golden bed frame. I'm pretty sure that she made up the golden bed frame part, but she was really rich. She was wearing expensive shoes and clothes and had this little bow in her hair that was fake silver and gold. Every kid was gasping 
and some of them were even clapping in excitement. Tell us more! Tell us more! I heard a whiny girl in the back yell. She began to tell more. In the photo book, it had told of every kid in the class. Her name was Peyton, of course. She had blonde hair and hazelnut eyes. Did I say brown? I meant blonde. She wore blue glasses, and her stare was, well, sent shivers down her spine. She was a spoiled brat type. I remember they gave us snacks. Peyton wanted more. But the teacher said no, and she flipped out. She threw her plate to the ground and began to stomp at it, screaming, I said I want more! It was an absolute nightmare. Kids had to be forcefully to play with her and do whatever she wanted or else she, they would yell. But sometimes the teachers would tell them that they wouldn't get in trouble for the things they did. Of course, I was the only kid who had no one to play with. Every kid seemed to have a decent house. They explained where their bedroom was and how huge it was. I was still sleeping on a mattress. They had removed the crib stuff. So it basically... Well, they removed the left and right side of the crib. The ones that would open it up and allow you to take me out. They removed that. So now it looked like I had a bed frame. This was still when I didn't have the house bed, which will be explained later. When it was my turn, I went up happily. I told them about my house. I told them about how I lived near a train track, and I lived in a shared house. I explained that the house was very small, but it was very cozy. I detailed almost everything. I explained how sometimes we didn't get clean water. And sometimes I would have to sleep in my parents' room because the air conditioning broke inside my room. And sometimes there would be too many power outages or our water would stop working. Which was very rare. It only happened once, but I wanted to be with sympathy. At the time, I wasn't knowing between the rights and wrongs yet. Neither did Peyton or anybody else. I explained how I had a drawer and not a closet, thinking this was normal. I thought a mansion was the exact same as my house, but just fancier. And I even explained how this guy always came to our house to check in. And I, and I said with my strongest voice, my parents call him the landlord because he always comes around to collect the rent. Sometimes we can't fully pay it and we have to work harder and harder. Which was very rare. Still, I was explaining stuff maybe I should have never explained in the first place. Like how many cockroaches there were. How much time was we found dead rats being thrown into our yards by teenagers. But I was kind of glad. I explained how I had a swing and a trampoline and a little porch and a tiny house. 
but my backyard wasn't very small. Well, was very small. Of course, I explained it very detailed and long, like everybody else did. The, the girl before me even explained how she had so many dollhouses. Everybody looked at me. Your house is disgusting, Peyton yelled. The teacher seemed a bit concerned. First, easily, I didn't know. I was too young. I was about like four years old. And I had the audacity to literally say everything about my life. Now, I didn't know how serious this was. I didn't know about bigger houses, bigger sales, cleaner water, and not that many power outages or landlords. I didn't know the concern that was spreading to the teachers. Of course, the teachers were very concerned. They looked a bit frightened. They were probably thinking, is this how this girl lives? But I explained it in such a way that it, it looked bad. The house didn't have that much dirty water. Sometimes it just turned out brown. You would just have to pump it up until it would give you enough clean water and safe to drink. Then we had the best refrigerator we could ever buy so that I had safer foods. And they bought us pets so that if we ever had sad moments, I would still have them so that I wouldn't feel lonely. I explained it in such a way that it seemed dangerous. Everybody began to taunt me. Okay, let's stop it. The next girl in front of me began to say how much my house sucked and how much her house was greater. If they were older, like in preschool, they would have realized immediately this wasn't normal. Now, of course, there are some years in daycare, you bully people of how small their houses is. When in preschool, it's the complete opposite. You worry for them. You begin to worry for other people. Middle school, you might get bullied a tiny bit, but other people will show sympathy. And on and on and on. I sat in the back, hugging my lion. No kid wanted to speak to me that day. Next on the schedule was playtime. Of course, every day cares at certain playtime. And on the schedule, as I read when fourth grade, I still have the book, the memory book, as my parents call it, as it has all the schedules of when I was little. This was playtime. Now, we were all sitting on the right side. There was a butterfly rug, which was given to us when we were moving away. There was a VCR TV in the corner. And then there was these shelves filled with books and toys. In the other uh, 
it was in a rectangular shape, the the right side of the room. And on the on the wall, it had the ABCs with pictures of things that go with that word. On the right was the VCR and all the books and toys. On the left was a little cooking place and a place where all these lost and found stuffed animals could be played with. Now, I had a bad habit of accidentally dropping my toys. I always brought this bear to school. My parents named him Lovestruck because my grandma gave it to my mom and now my mom gave it to me. I always lost him and I would always be crying at home. My parents were kind of annoyed that I would always lose it, but they knew I was young. They knew that that I was not yet ready to know that I had to take responsibility for my own toys. I didn't even know what that word was. So everybody spread out. The couches were going to all corners of the room. On the left side, there was these tables, drawn sheets, and Legos. Suddenly, a teacher opened the door. She was wearing a pink tutu and had ballet shoes on. Girls who are in ballet class? She began to yell names. I widened my eyes. Oh no, I, I thought. Did my parents sign me up for ballet? I told them that I didn't want to sign up for ballet. But luckily, I wasn't called. What a relief, I thought. I saw a Peyton say, Bye-bye, poor kid, before she went off to the line and, and pushed the kid who was in the front of the line to, so that she could be in the front of the line. Rude, I thought. My parents tried teaching me between rights and wrongs. These kids probably watched the newest TV shows that didn't teach any lessons. Of course, I was the one to be watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and Sesame Street and Yo Gabba Gabba, but still, come on. Those are the ones, if you are a parent or becoming a parent, you want to show your kids something that will make them understand that stealing is bad and sharing is right, if they want to. Like, I would suggest showing your kids Mr. Rogers, Sesame Street, and Yo Gabba Gabba. There's all such good examples, but somehow these kids were not knowing of how bad their behavior was. I knew how to share. And I, I set a good example for myself. When I was cutting up the fake fruits, the girl said, Can you pass me the knife? Me knowing about sharing? I said, Sure! And I safely gave her the, the fake toy knife. And it was like a, a fake butter knife. It was barely sharp. You could poke this on your cheek. And it wouldn't even hurt. It was like... Fabric. When you would poke it, it would only bend. Thanks, she said. She must have watched Mr. Rogers or other good shows, too. And she went off. I knew I set a good example for myself. 
I went up to the teacher and asked why those kids were called. Then the teacher explained that there was these little things. There was a cooking club where this woman would cook for kids. The ballet and stuff like that. The school was pretty small, and yeah. Oh, I said, before I went off to draw. Of course, now, I was trembling, I was shaking, but I got used to this place. All right, kids, we heard the main teacher say. I can remember her name as Mrs. S, as it's said in this memory book. Because, of course, I know all of this because of the memory book. But anyway, enough explaining. We gotta get straight to the story. She gathered us in the same rectangle. We waited a few minutes, sharing good things, until the ballet kids came back. They were in ballet tutus. Peyton had an aquamarine necklace around her neck and sat in the front. They'll be back in a few hours, the ballet teacher said, before she shut the door. Oops, I forgot something, she said as she opened the door. Another kid came in. He sat down in the middle, and a few boys began to talk to him. Enough talking, the teacher said. We're going to be singing songs! Yay, everybody said. I didn't know what to do. I was always used to hearing songs that my father loved. I would hear them in the car and stuff. I always grew up listening to XTC or like the Beatles or in other bands. My father was a huge rock fan and Rush, ACDC. He couldn't listen to them around me, but he would always try to give me songs that didn't have swearing words and weren't loud. My favorite song was uh, Working Man by Rush. You can look it up. It starts out with a huge guitar solo, and I was usually used to that. I thought this was kids were, well, this is what kids were listening to. My grandma was coming today, and I shared my little good thing. A few kids clapped for me. I couldn't believe it. I was fitting in. We sang a song about sharing. At the end, Peyton said, Miss, when are we going to go to the bathroom? Oh, right. Kids, round up for bathroom break. Thank God, I thought. Even though I didn't have to go to the bathroom, I always tried so that I didn't have to pee my pants or something later and save myself from the embarrassment. I'm saving myself the biggest stall. Okay, kids, the, the counselor said as we all had a line and rounded our bubbles up, which is basically we just hold our breath. There are some bathrooms that are not working if they have a little yellow sign. Please do not go in. Yellow, I thought. I looked. The third color. I already knew about my one, two, threes, and I looked at the third color. And I realized what the yellow was. A few kids were confused. We'll be in there to help you, one of the assistant teachers said. I'll be in the boys' bathroom. Mrs. S. will be in the girls' bathroom. Ha 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 ha! We heard a boy yell. 
I'll give him the nickname Rocco. You'll be in the girls' boys' bathroom. You'll be in the boys' bathroom. This went unnoticed as everybody was chatting. We went into the bathrooms. We opened the doors. A cold breeze met, met us. I'm going in here, Peyton said as she pushed everybody out of the way. Luckily, I was at the back of the line. I didn't get pushed. She went into the first bathroom. There was a woman changing a baby in there. Oh, sweetie, can you close the door for me? Sure, Peyton said in a nice voice, trying to get her reputation up, and she locked the door. This is always my bathroom. I have been in here since I started. Well, in the op in the introduction meeting, as my parents called it, a girl said. That's a good vocabulary, Mrs. S. said. But please, choose a bathroom. I chose the one next to Peyton. There was only one light and two sinks. One of the mirrors was gone. There was no... Well, they were like stalls. They were dark blue. There was a dim light that kept flickering on and off. Oh, we have to fix that. There were two lights. One of them was flickering and one of them was staying bright. Luckily, I was on the one that was staying bright. How do you know that stall, the girl A girl said. They, they were on the right side of the room. The girl, who we'll call Layla, and the girl next to her, Star, who asked the question. Well, I came here for the introduction, so this is my stall. I did too, Peyton said. And if you know how those schools have those, like, doors that open up to all the stalls? No, we did not have a door there. There was no way we could get locked in these. I was the first one to flush and open my door and wash my hands. The assistant looked at me and Layla, which Layla had already beaten me to it, even though I was the first one to flush. I guess she was looking at me, realizing that sometimes there would be dirty water. She was hoping that I wouldn't be scared if the water didn't turn dirty. Of course now, as I said, these occasions were very rare. They happened less often, but my parents always hired somebody to help and check and fix so that they wouldn't have to give me a huge scare. We all rushed out of the bathroom, the coldness leaving our bodies. You we're finally out of that dumpster, Peyton said. Her little insult to the bathroom gone unnoticed. As everybody rounded up to the rectangle, they said it was playtime once again. And right after that, it was lunchtime. Woohoo, I thought. The ballet girls were already going. Then another woman came out. I could say she had a tiny robe on. Oh, I forgot to tell y'all, the assistant teacher said in a soft, kind voice. This is our gardening teacher. She would be taking some of you. 
She was calling names until she suddenly called mine. Of course, instead of being scared, I was excited. I was at the back of the line once again. Okay, kids. We're going to need to put on gloves because we don't want your hands to get dirty. We passed by my little cubby, which had my lunchbox in it. She gave us white gloves. Ooh, they're stretchy, I heard Layla say. We walked outside, the sunshine blaring into our faces. All right, kids, she led us to these little patches of dirt. This is a gardening. We plant stuff. Oh, my father's a gardener, I heard a boy say. Good, good, good. So you all should know how a, a garden works. I knew because my grandma had a huge garden in her backyard, filled with all sorts of plants. All these kids had been related to a garden, and I was ho hopeful that I was too. We shared our experiences with gardening. My father owns a ranch, Leila said. Oh, I meant said. <laughs> we began to plant stuff until a bell rang a few minutes later. Oh, that's lunch! You'll be able to eat out here. This is where we usually eat lunch. It's a nice sunny day. Enjoy it! We rushed inside to get our lunch boxes. We went outside. Suddenly, all these kids rushed towards. There were two classes, and I was in the first one. I called a playground! I heard Peyton yell. Well, yelled. So, we were in the little corner with the shade. There was little seats that we sat on. After this, we'll go put your lunch boxes back, and then you'll be able to play. I saw all sorts of kids start going everywhere. Some of them were going on the little doll thing, and it was a huge group acting like a family. Some of them are acting like a kingdom. But the tree, there was, well, no. Because it was always with bugs. I had good, well, I had a good relationship with bugs. Because I always saw them most often. Usually I wouldn't be scared of cockroaches or centipedes. Because I usually saw them. Sometimes I would try to hold these little insects in the house. Like once I tried to hold a cockroach saying, I will name you lovely. But then my parents said that they, he has to be let out. But I was glad to see that he was able to be outside once more. I didn't know how menace they were to rich people and stuff like that. Stealing food, all sorts of stuff. We sat at a picnic table. Nobody separated from anyone. I ate my peanut butter jelly sandwich. And the reason I added that was because an incident happened out here. Once everybody was finished, we put our lunch boxes back and began to play outside more. We heard birds tweeting. The sun was shining. A bit of white clouds bursting into the sky, but still. And we could see some birds or butterflies flying overhead. 
I saw the sticks, and they had face. Well, I thought they had little faces. They just had dots. I began to act like they were a family. But suddenly, I heard a loud squeal. Ah! It was her painting! Her loud, whiny voice filled the air. All the birds that were in the tree took off immediately. Everybody stared at the playground set. There was these little ladders and slides. It was like this little set. It was about a, uh, a few centimeters off the ground. And there were stairs that would lead to a higher place, and then a big slide to let you go down in a rock wall. Peyton was acting like she was the queen. What happened? Miss S came as she climbed up, making all the kids spread around. He stepped on my finger, Peyton said whiny. Miss S looked at the kid. It was a ginger kid. I, I remember this kid. He was one of my best friends. We were next to each other in the photo shoot in the memory book, but he moved away quickly. He had little freckles. He always wore striped shirts. He was friends with Rocco and a few other girls. I didn't mean to, the kid said in a trembling voice. But please say you're sorry, Miss S said in a kind voice, trying not to frighten. Uh, this kid. Wow, I just forgot his name. I'm sorry, and I really mean it, he said in a trembly voice. He was stuttering. Your Highness! You forgot your Highness, Peyton said as Miss S jumped off, hitting the hard gravel. We went back in to get some refreshments, but we went back outside after a few minutes. I was still playing stick family. Everybody was almost leaving. Peyton was still here. Well, it was like about three. Usually, I was the last one of these kids to be going home. It is episode maybe a bit long, and that's okay. I mean, don't you love stories? I do. Anyway, back to the story. I was playing sticks. make up a fake story with the sticks. Like, I would always pretend like the mom was pregnant and give birth to a baby stick. The kid who accidentally stepped on Peyton's finger already left. I think I'll give him a new nickname. Trevor. Trevor left. His father looked exactly like him. More taller. He was a fireman, as he said in the introduction of all of us. It was getting a bit late. Peyton was still here. 
Where are my parents? She said. Almost half of her kingdom was gone. She forced more kids to join. But she didn't want to invite me. She said I was a poor peasant who was supposed to stay on the streets. God, but I had sticks to play with, and I was always happy to see a happy income. At the end, the grandma. I accidentally got attached to the tree, but it was okay. I realized that no kid would be able to yank her out. I was excited to see my grandma. It was five thirty, and the sun was setting. Peyton and almost all her kingdom was not home yet. A few kids had left. Finally, Peyton's mom came. She had high heels on and glittery makeup and jewelry. Oops, sorry. Finally, Peyton yelled. She jumped off, not even allowing, and almost kicking a kid's face down to the ground. The mother was signing out, and was also making sure that she could hear the entirety of stories. And just to make sure, Peyton was on a type of trial thing. The parents weren't sure if they wanted to send her to a private school or let her stay at this school. Of course, now, Peyton showed off her ballerina skills, and they thought, "Well, this is nice." My dad appeared. I, well, let's just say somebody surprising came. Grandma. It was my grandma. She was wearing her pink polo dress and long, dark blue jeans, and flip flops. Out of style, as Peyton would think. Mom, I need to say bye to my prince. The prince was Peyton's crush, Rocco. He's gonna be the king of all of my people now. She looked at me with my grandma. I was holding her wrinkly hand. The mother started listening to music. Well, not really. She had earpods in, but they were giving. The ballet teacher was giving a tour around the ballet. The next day, she told me, "Was that your mom? She looks old, like a hundred." Everybody began to taunt me, but I always thought of little scenarios in my head where I would stand up and do excellently well. But it seemed like I was too scared to. I I told everybody that it was my grandma. No, it's not. It's your mom. They la all laughed at me. That day, I spent recess alone, not even getting the chance to join Peyton's kingdom. She still said I was a peasant who should be on the streets. I left earlier that day with my father. He had just colored his beard, so luckily none of the white hairs would be able to be shown. I breathed in and told my dad about everybody bursting into tears when we got home. Dad told me something, an important and valuable lesson in my entire life. 
I don't want you to join those kids. You can't judge somebody of what they look like. I promise you, she will be asking for money on the streets, and you'll be the rich one. I haven't gone in contact with Payton yet. I don't think I ever will. But still, bad start. But the third day was the best. Payton came a little late, in clothes that looked not so fancy. They were shabble, wrinkly, shaggy, and most importantly, they smelled like perfume. Of course, instead of everybody saying, you smell like an old grandma, they complimented her. I wore my best outfit today, and nobody complimented me. Everybody was acting like Peyton had a feeling that she couldn't express and that nobody would ever feel her pain, but I was the one to have the bigger pain. Of course, I didn't really care. I was the lone wolf. Trevor didn't come to school today. He had gotten sick. Well, he got his punishment. I suddenly realized something was happening today. I prayed that night that I would not get bullied and my Peyton would get her karma. As I just learned that new word. And then I suddenly realized this prayer was coming true. It first started out with, uh, we had these strawberries. I sat alone like strawberry cookies Peyton had brought. She had gave them to everybody except for me, making a lie that I that we didn't have enough. She gave me pumpkin cookies. The entire batch. Nobody in my class liked pumpkin and they all laughed at me, calling me pumpkin. I tasted them. They were the best I ever had. I tried to act like they were disgusting, but I hid them in my backpack. These were the best cookies ever. She had also brought chocolate milk, but gave me none. Luckily, I didn't really like milk at the time. So, yeah. And neither did I like chocolate either, surprisingly. I was munching on one of the... the pumpkin cookies secretly. I'd stuffed some in my pocket as I stuffed the other ones in my backpack. They tasted so delicious. They had spice and stuff. I knew how you would get them at the local 7-Eleven. There was a 7-Eleven nearby. Usually, we'd hear loud arguments out there of people who couldn't get a refund. I knew that I would probably be asking my mom to buy these cookies, which were delicious. Everybody was bragging to me that the cookies were so good, and it was a shame that Peyton ran out. We soon began to realize Peyton accidentally brought her pajamas. Nobody made fun of her, though. It was just a bit of embarrassment, but she blamed it on me. Of course, a lot of the kids who had common sense didn't believe Peyton because, of course, I didn't know where Peyton lived, I didn't know where I lived, and I didn't know how to get back to my house at any time. But most kids who were dumb as a rock and had probably, like, one brain cell 
thought I was the reason for this. But of course, I was smart enough, as well as a few other kids, to realize that, no, that's wrong. That's not possible. As they were drinking chocolate milk, some of the kids went to the bathroom, and I was one of them. Me and Layla were next to each other. Layla was in the big stall, while I was in the same stall as the first day. The counselor was waiting outside, listening to music. There was a few other girls from other classes, but they were starting their own conversation. We suddenly heard a piercing, loud scream. We heard a text message, probably from the assistant. I found out years later that that was a text. Something that my prayer had been answered. When we walked back in, we realized Peyton was covered in chocolate milk. Her, fed, her pajamas were soaked in it. Hated with stuttering. She let out more piercing wails. Calm down, Mrs. S said, as the rest of the people from the bathroom entered the classroom. Miss S shut the door so that it wouldn't alarm any other teachers. <laughs> we heard Peyton cry. I have no other clothes. We'll have to contact your parents. No, please don't. They will think I'm unfancy, Peyton said. All the other kids began to support. Some of the kids were frowning at me. Of course, if I were able to go back in time, I'd tell them, Kid, you are as dumb as a rock. Now stop. But of course, I would probably got in trouble. Of course, though, everybody knew I could have never done it. Peyton got changed in more fancier clothes. Next, it was playtime. She went to the ballerina thing. But turns out they had been practicing a lot. We're going to do a quick performance, the ballerina said. Ballerina person said. We're going to do it in the mini gym. There was a tiny gym, the size of a classroom. We sat at the left side of the room in the corner, babies and other teachers watching alike, as well as us students. They were performing. Peyton was in the middle. She stared at me with an evil glare. Nobody noticing, though. Once it was finished, we went outside to play. The gardening club wasn't today because the woman who ran it got sick. And this is where some of the bullying began. But after that bullying, I can tell you, there's going to be some sweet, sweet karma for a little Peyton. And if your name is Peyton, I'm so sorry, but I'm talking about another Peyton. Peyton was gathering around everybody. I'm pretty sure she called me a street peasant once again. Ida allowed me to play, but she was inviting everybody who she had called street peasants. 
She had a rival kingdom, and they didn't want me. It was a boy's kingdom, and they said I wasn't allowed. And Peyton didn't want me. I suddenly began to realize, at this moment, I was becoming tomboy. Peyton forced me once as she realized she needed to get more people into the thing as a maid. She made me do embarrassing things, like push a, a pebble on my nose while barking woof woof. Peyton laughed as everybody else was evilly laughing. We were called to get our lunches and I was forced to eat with all these bullies. One of the kids even had snot running down his nose, down to his sandwich which he was eating it. Disgusting, Peyton said. You must have etiquette. Or, well, as she said, manners. But I wanted to, I want you to know how much of a little spoiled brat Peyton was. So I'll just say she said etiquette for now. And please don't make me look like a bad person. Anyway, it was nap time. I was asleep. Well, not really. A lullaby was being played in the corner. A soothing classical guitar strummed, strummed, and strummed as a soft voice sang. It was putting me to sleep. There was barely any sunlight shining in. I could see in the corner with the emergency exit where many kids were sleeping was the bright light of the red alarm. It would only shine white when there was emergency. So it shined red light all over the little poor kids who had to sleep over here. I was about to doze off about dreams of being in my grandma's garden when a large piercing scream. Everybody woke up. I stayed still, as well as a few other kids trying not to get in trouble bogging each other in the head. We heard a few words before she got up, bogged herself, and wailed. No, no, no! Don't kidnap me! Please, I can't be your worker! She bogged her head on a shelf. The light switch turned on. Ah, my eyes, I said. Mine too, Layla said. Little do you know, Layla was going to become my best friend as well as Trevor later. Rocco was sleeping right next to me. What a spoiled brat, we both said, before we looked at each other. Rocco had rebelled. Remember on the first day when Peyton said that he was his prince? He rebelled and created his own rival team. And she was well angry about it. Rocco knew what a tomboy was. He said his sister was tomboy. And he asked if I could join the team. I said yes, trying to make sure my reputation would get higher. But we went back to the drama. I was suddenly shaking when I realized I was the only servant. We were allowed to scatter out as the problem was being solved. 
Kids were creating groups. Some were worrying and some were cursing at Peyton. Suddenly, Layla came over. She was one of the top boys who had just been invited into the group. We need to get more people. So whatever Peyton does, Rocco said as he formed the boys around with me and Layla sitting next to each other. Whatever you do, you do not let Peyton get you onto your, her side. You will always stay with us, and if she does get you, we will save you. Okay, me and Layla whispered. But Layla told me something. Surprising. Shocking. I just want to let you know that there may be a lot of kids sending hate towards you. What? I said. She just said that she had a bad dream that you made her do all her work. What? I would never, I said. I was surprisingly and coincidentally chosen to be the maid for the little kingdom until I was switched off to being a guard with Layla. Another tomboy named Ava was sitting next to us, her hair in a bun. It was orange. Oh no, I thought. Well, that's actually kind of bad news for us too, we heard another boy say. We'll call him Ari. Yeah, Trevor said. There are going to be a lot of hate sent towards us. But we are the boys, Rocco said. We can defeat them. Yeah, we all said. We went back outside. I was hoping that Peter would have realized something. Anyway, I can't really stretch out this episode that much. So thank you for listening to Floorcast, and please wait for part number two. Thanks, and have a good day.